yes, the pilgrim's joy is to keep praising the Savior all the day long. Let us say, let us pray together as we begin this evening. Stafumbi, could you please say the opening prayer as we begin today's reading and today's study? In Jesus' name. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Blessed assurance Jesus is ours. Amen. Is a song in in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, as we gather together once again this evening to learn at your feet, we ask, O oh Lord, that you teach us yourself. Amen. Holy Spirit, guide our thoughts. Amen. Guide our discussions, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, give us revelation of that which you want us to take away Amen. even from our discussion tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. That which will make a deeper impact in our lives and in the days ahead, even before we gather again next week, release unto us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Host of, of heaven, gather with us this night in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And every one of us that will be part of this gathering, may we be richly blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Understanding from your throne of grace, release unto each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Have your way, Holy Spirit, your way, and let Lord. your name alone be glorified. Oh, yes. We do not take this moment for granted, Lord. Take all the glory. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, my God bless you, really good. So I uh, thank you all, everyone at gospelbestly.com and all the members of the Readers Club who are now who are now in the, in the virtual studio. We're glad to have you. Yesterday we started reading chapter seven of Christiana's journey, and we were introduced to Mr. Great Heart. Mr. Great Heart is the gentleman that the interpreter asked to accompany. Christiana and her boys and Mercy. And of course, the first part of call after leaving the interpreter's house was that they got to the cross and they recalled the joy that was Christians, you know, in Pilgrim's Progress Part 1, when Christian got to the cross. It was at the cross that the burden at the back of Christian tumbled down and rolled into the grave. We did emphasized yesterday that in the case of Christiana and the other pilgrims, they did not get to the cross with their with their bodies because uh, they began to enjoy the joy of salvation, relief from guilt. Immediately they entered into the narrow way. And we emphasize that this is not, uh, this is not a mistake. Uh, the truth is that the what happened at the cross was finished more than 2,000 years ago, and anyone who lay hold on it by faith would receive that same that same relief. For some people, it takes longer. Uh, for some people, uh, not as long. And I, I also recall that we emphasize that uh, th- when you have the example of godly people who have gone ahead of you, maybe a godly parent or friend or any acquaintance, uh, the journey of faith ordinarily becomes uh, becomes easier. And then we launch into that uh, that exposition by Mr. Greatheart on the importance of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the three the three types of righteousness of Jesus Christ, uh, the fact that it can 
he can never exhaust of his own righteousness and the joy that comes to Christians when they fully comprehend uh, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And then we tried to make a list yesterday, a list of how we, how Christians respond to the full realization of what Christ completed on the cross of Calvary. And, I, and we thank God for the many, uh, many suggestions we received yesterday. I mean, after we closed yesterday, I was, I was discussing with, uh, with a member of the class and we had a long uh, telephone call and we also we, we also identified another one uh, that in, in addition to all the responses we highlighted yesterday that we collated yesterday there is also a longing to tell a longing to tell others remember that yesterday we said that those who have come to the full realization of the wonderful work of jesus on the cross they will uh, they will long for others to join them the same way that that Christian and Mercy uh, longed for their friends, Mrs. Timorous, Mr. Mrs. Wanton, all of them. Those who, who have fully understood the work of Christ will long uh, for others to join them. Uh, they will empathize more with others who are not yet uh, in, in the fold. They will have a feeling of wonder and awe, wonder and awe at the great work that Christ has done. They will say, how can he love me so? Again, they will feel uh, regretful that they did not come to the cross earlier. Uh, they will experience that peace, the peace that passes all understanding. They will feel so clean. They will become humble. They see themselves and look at the work that Christ has done and then become humble, uh, they will also, yes, and then they also have a longing to, uh, a longing to tell others, a longing to tell others. Today we want to continue uh, chapter 7. Remember that we left off at page 4, at page 4, so we are beginning on page 5 now. I believe on page 5. Okay, and uh, our sister Tutaonuga is on standby to lead us in reading tonight. And Tutu, we are glad to have you uh, join us. We are actually starting from page 6, where it says, Now I saw in my dream that they went on until they came to the place. So, uh, for those who were not with us, uh, for Pilgrim's Progress Part 1, uh, there was the story of simple sloth and presumption. Now, uh, Christiana and Mercy and Christiana's boys are getting to that stage. So if you are going to gospelbestreader.com, please scroll to page 6, page 6 of that PDF, and let's begin. And we pray that the Lord will open our eyes and our hearts to see the treasures in his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I can start reading, right? Yes, please. Okay. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Now I saw in my dream that they went on until they came to the place where simple and sloth and presumption lay and slept in. When Christian went by on his pilgrimage, and behold, they were hanged up in irons a little way off on the other side. Then Mercy asked him who was their guide and conductor. What are these three men, and for what are they hanged up there? My great heart, Mr. Great Heart. These three men were men of very bad qualities. They had no mind to be pilgrims themselves, and whoever they could, they hindered. They were sloth and folly themselves, and whoever they could persuade, they made them so too, and taught them to presume that they would do well at last. They were asleep when Christian went by, but now you go by. You see them hanged. Mercy. 
But did they persuade any to be of their opinion? Yes, they turned several out of the way. There was slow pace whom they persuaded to do as they did. They also prevailed upon one short wind, with one no heart, with one linger after lust, and with one sleepy head, and with a young woman whose name was Dull, to turn out of the way and become as they. Besides, they brought up an ill report of your Lord, persuading others that he was a hard taskmaster. They also brought up an evil report of the good land, saying, it was not half as good as some pretended it to be. They also began to speak badly of his servants and to count the best of them meddlesome, troublesome, busybodies. Furthermore, they would call the bread of God husk, that the comforts of his children fancies, the travel and labor of pilgrims, things to no purpose. Christiana. No, if they were so bad, they would never get a tear out of me. They got what they deserved. And I think it is well that they hang so near the highway that others may see and take warning. But would it be, but would it be well if their crimes were engraved on some plate of iron or brass and left here where they made mischief as a warning to other bad men? Mr. Greatheart. So it is, as you can see, if you will go a little towards the wall. Mercy. No, no. Let them hang there and their names rot and their crimes live forever against them. I think it's a great favor that they were hanged before we came along. Who knows else what they might have done to such poor women as we? Then she turned into a song. Now then you three hang there and be a sign to all that shall against the truth combine and let him that comes after fear this end. If unto pilgrims he is not a friend and thou my soul of all such men beware that unto holiness opposers are. Mm. Thus they went on till they came to the foot of the hill difficulty. Okay. 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 So let's pause a bit. Let's pause a bit just okay. before we go to the hill difficulty. Thank you very much. Okay. So uh, I'm glad that those of us who are around here in the virtual suite, that we, all of us uh, participated in Pilgrim's Progress Part 1. And now we see what has happened to simple sloth and presumption. Uh, let me ask members of the Reader's Club, who can remember what Simple said to Christian in... In Pilgrim's Progress Part 1. You, you know, when Christian got to, 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 to the place where he found them and they were sleeping, uh, and, he, and he tried to rouse them and say, oh, why, are you, why are you sleeping? What did Simple say? Who can remember? What Simple said to Christian? Okay, what was Lord? What did Lord say to, uh, to, to Christian and presumption? I can't really remember what Simple <laughs> said. Maybe it's the one that said um, he should leave them. <laughs> or the one one of them, maybe Slot, Slot said um, they want to sleep some more. 
Okay, yeah, exactly. Somebody wanted to sleep some more. Okay, I'm going mm. to confess to you. I'm just opening that part as well. I know that presumption, I can recall what presumption said. Said, look, everything will be well. Something like that. But I, I'm going to read it out now. He said, he said uh, then I saw in my dream that Christian went on those until he came to a valley where he saw a little out of the way, three men fast asleep, simple, slot and presumption. And then he tried to, to, to wake them up. They looked upon him and simple replied, I see no danger. That, that was what simple said to him. Oh, what's wrong with you? I see no danger. Why are you telling us to wake up and be alert and be watchful? He said, I see no danger. Slot said, please, yet a little more sleep. And presumption said, every tub must stand upon its own bottom. We don't need your help. So I, I recall that we, we reflected on that uh, when presumption said, look, what you be, we be. So we don't need your help. Don't worry. Uh, I, I, I can stand on my own. I don't need anybody to remind me to uh, to awake. Anyway, uh, that was the view of simple slot and presumption. I see no danger, yet a little more sleep, and I don't need your help because every tub must stand upon its own bottom. Now we see that they have been hanged. Who hanged them? Well, we are not told here who hanged them, but we see that uh, their journey was cut short. Uh, they must have been taken unawares by the enemy, and and they were hanged. And Christiana and Mercy uh, saw them, and then Mr. Greater telling them, uh, telling Christiana and her boys and Mercy what actually happened to them. But now we see even more context. Mr. Greater telling us more about what. Uh, simple sloth and presumption did before they met their unfortunate end. Can, can we all please look at page six? Look at the, the last paragraph on page six. Let's look at that last par- paragraph on page six. And let's see uh, the names of those that simple sloth and presumption mis- misled, those they misled or attempted to mislead. Can we all try? Anybody there at page 6, last paragraph on page 6, you can tell us the names of these people. And let's just think through how it is It is easy for either simple slot or presumption or the three of them to affect people like that. I think um, we have um, short wind. Short wind. So who would that be no referring hats. to? Okay. Yeah. So short wind, who would that be referring to? Who would that symbolize? Short wind. Maybe somebody who just has an occasional awakening to the things of God, just an occasion, just someone who just uh, wakes up to to godly things occasionally and then and then relapses yeah. and then wakes up again. Short wind. Somebody who's uh, the wind behind his sail is not sustained. So I mean, people like that. Yes, when they come up across uh, simple people like that are people who are. I mean, who are likely to, to sleep and say, look, let me sleep some more. And then maybe the person wakes up again and becomes very vibrant, maybe over a period of three months, and then uh, relaxes again. Okay, you can go ahead. Me? Yeah, I mean, you were trying to list those people. Okay. Um, no heart. No heart. Hmm. The person with no heart at all, with no heart. Hmm. And, and of course, we recall what the Lord says, saying that I will, I will remove the heart of stone and put the heart of flesh. So the person who has not received that heart of flesh cannot feel the nudging of the Holy Spirit and can be led astray easily. Okay. Linger after lust. Linger after lust. Somebody who is a lustful person who is just only thinking of satisfying the flesh. And of course, if you look at the life of simple and sloth and presumption, always sleeping. I mean, even the, their sleep would actually symbolize 
are indulging the flesh. Indulging, it is the flesh that wants to sleep and sleep and sleep and not do anything. And that will also cover anything that uh, the flesh would want us to do uh, without uh, doing the things that really matter. Okay. Okay, then we have um, sleepy head. Sleepy head. So that that, that speaks for itself. Somebody oh. who loves to sleep uh, would, would easily fall into the into the clutches of simple sloth and presumption. Okay. And um, a young woman called doll. Doll. Hmm. So who would that symbolize? <laughs> somebody who is dull in the things of God. I think that would be somebody who is not uh, somebody without knowledge. Without knowledge, exactly. Without knowledge of the word of God, who can be easily led astray. And I think that's an admonition to us uh, the importance of studying to show ourselves approved unto God, uh, the importance of having gospel in our hearts so that we will not sin against God. That's what the psalmist said. Your word I have kept in my heart that I may not sin against you, so that I will not be led astray. And of course, we are always reminded of the examples of the Bereans, the Berean Christians who, whenever they had a sermon, whenever they had a teaching, they went back to the scriptures they searched the scriptures. They were not dull. They were not dull. There is nobody who who studies the scripture who becomes dull. In fact, studying the, the scripture uh, will will shine light on our path, and the scriptures themselves will be the lamp uh, to our feet. So uh, that they misled that young woman named Dull should not be a surprise because the person who is not knowledgeable uh, will be led astray by any wind of doctrine. Hmm. Exactly. Her name was Dull, and they, they, they persuaded her to turn out of the way and become as they. And then, what other things did they do? Aside from leading these people astray, he spoke badly of um, God's servants. Of God's servant. Mm, yeah. That he was a hard tax master. We remember that parable, right? The parable of the mm-hmm. of the talent. The person who was told to uh, to go and 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 trade with the talent, but who said, "Who just kept it? Who just kept it?" And came away saying, "After I was saying, look, I know you are a hard master. I have no, I have no, I have no need of trying to even make." Uh, to work or put the talent to work because they are tax master. I mean, these are uh, these are people who are blaspheming the Lord. So why is it that people like st- simple slot and presumption would blaspheme the Lord? Uh, can you, can anybody think through that? Why would they start blaspheming? I mean, it is one thing to say, I see no danger. It is one thing to say, look, I need more sleep. It is one thing to say, look, just be on your own. That's presumption. Every tub will stand on its own, on its own bottom. So... Again, we are talking about simple slot and presumption. Uh, in Pilgrim's, Pilgrim's Forget Part 1, Christian met simple slot and presumption. They were sleeping. One of them said to Christian, Look, I see no danger around. Don't tell me to wake up and be watchful. That was simple. I see no danger around. Slot said, Look, I just need more sleep. Yes, I'm going to wake up, but I need more sleep. And presumption said, Look, I don't need your help. Everyone will face his own music. But now, uh, Christian and Mercy, they found them hanged hanged they've been hanged why why were they hanged who hanged them we're not told uh, but we can see the consequences of of being simple-minded we can see the consequences of slothfulness in the christian we can see the consequence of presumption that the the assumption that everything will turn out right even if i do not do what my lord has asked me to do so the question i'm asking now we are looking at page six the last paragraph on page six how can it be uh, why would people like simple slot and presumption speak ill of their lord well, I mean, one that comes to my mind is there are people who do not want to do the hard work. Uh, they don't want to be watchful. 
They don't want to be prayerful as our Lord exhorted us. So maybe anytime they see that, oh, I still need to pray. I need to be watchful. Oh, this man is just a hard tax master. Why do I need to pray with him? Why do I need to study the word? Why do I need to always be on my guard? And then they, they speak ill of the Lord saying, he's a hard task master. Okay, what did, I, what, what did they do? They, okay, they also brought up an evil report of the land. They said it was not as good as some pretended it to be. They also began to speak badly of his servants. So, and I love the things that John Boyan has collated here. And these are things that people who are not ready to give themselves to the disciplines of the spirit, the things they will now resort to. So, the person who is reluctant to give himself to the discipline of the spirit is that person who will then begin to say uh, blasphemous things about the Lord. He say, "Ah, tax master, look, nobody can really live the Christian life. It's just so hard. I tried it myself, man. You can't sleep. You have to be awake. Yeah, you can't just slack. You know, uh, once you slack, can't slack. You have to be. You have to be studious. You have to always be on your guard." He say, "Ah, tax master, please don't go there. They tell other people, or they say because they cannot." devote themselves to that discipline they say of the land it's not it's not a good land look even what the lord promises is not, it's not as fantastic as that or they say look others are doing it don't don't mind don't mind them even god's servants god's uh, so-called faithful children they are also troublesome they are meddlesome they are busybodies and they just speak ill so so i think it's an admission for us when we come across people like that they are most likely people who are not able uh to devote themselves to this but i don't know if anybody wants to add to that that uh when you find people who are reluctant to take up Christian disciplines, uh, they then fall back to excuses like this, to speak ill of the Lord, to speak ill of the Lord's people, and they just say all sorts of blasphemous things. I mean, is that something strange? Is that something that any of us has experienced before? And of course, as we think about that, can we also uh, discuss uh, what uh, what warnings we need to take from what has happened to simple sloth and presumption? Uh, what warnings we should take as God's children? Uh, in fact, I think this is a very important point, really. Important point about how people who are simple-minded, who are slothful, who are presumptuous, uh, when they now find themselves unable to continue the journey, they resort to 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 spreading evil reports, as we read here on page 6, they resort to saying, hmm, the Lord is not himself, he's a hard tax master, the, good, the land is not good, as the Bible says it is, uh, even God's people are not as, they're not as righteous, they're not as holy, so uh, it's not a pilgrimage worth staying on, worth staying on, uh, that, that, that's something, that's something we can, uh, we can relate to, uh, the case of simple sloth and presumption. Uh, thank you, sis. I see uh, Sister Nikki and Lord Sunday joining us. We're glad to have you. So we hope you're going to be a regular member of this class. And, and don't worry, I'm going to get you to this, uh, to this, uh, to this wonderful book uh, very soon. So uh, anybody wanted to contribute to that, uh, the fate of simple slot and presumption, if you're at gospelbearsudy.com, feel free uh, to join this discussion by tapping the WhatsApp widget and either sending a text or recording uh, recording a voice note or recording a voice note and join us. Okay, very good. So if anything occurs to you as we go along, please do not hesitate uh, to, to let us know about uh, simple slot and and presumably, did you want to say something, Tito? Yes, okay. um, 
I want to say that um, what we have read about um, simple sloth and the other guy just calls us to caution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should just like you mentioned the Berians yeah. in the while you were speaking earlier. Yeah. That we should check um, what other people say exactly about God or about um, His Word with mm-hmm. the Word of God itself. Mm-hmm. So we should not take um, people's opinion as um, you know the final say the, the or final say. as the truth. We should also check it with what the Word of God says. Is it in line with what God says? Mm-hmm. Have they tried to color the truth, the truth. or hide the truth, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's just what came to my mind. Yeah, I, I, and I fully agree with you because even as you, as you spoke, something occurs to me that uh, issue that will be one of the lessons that the Holy Spirit wants us to learn from uh, the case of simple stuff and prison because uh, they were people already uh, in the narrow way. So the people who met them, met them in the narrow way. And you see, uh, there is this tendency for people who are coming into the faith newly to believe the testimony of those they found in the way. Do you understand? So if I come into faith newly and I meet, I, I, I meet Brother Femi already in the way and Brother Femi tells me that, hmm, yeah, yeah, I know, I know you're trying to pray, but see, I've been there. I've been there for, you know, for donkey years. Look, it's just a very hard thing. Don't don't disturb yourself. If you want to sleep, you can sleep. If you want to take a break, you can take a break. Uh, if somebody is disturbing you, look, don't don't feel don't feel pressured. It's not really that uh, it's not really that serious. And I think this is that's exactly what sloth presumption and and um, and slothful did when they met with other pilgrims. They tried to mislead them, and just uh, for the, at the risk of being repetitive, uh, those that they misled uh, see their names: short wind, no heart, linger after loss, sleepy head, dull. Uh, those were the people that they uh, they misled. So the warning to us is: don't be uh, a short wind Christian. Somebody who uh, today wakes up and says, "Yeah, let's go all the way," and then for three months you go into uh, into some form of relapse. Don't be the person with no heart who doesn't have the heart of flesh uh, that feels the the nudging of the Holy Spirit and definitely don't be uh, Lady Doll, Doll, the person who is not uh, knowledgeable at all. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on. We are on page seven. If you're at com. let's go on. Uh, Doc, you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, I, I thank you very much, yeah. Prophet Me. I, I just wanted to sort of draw our attention. Mm-hmm. To the fact that sloth, presumption, and simple. Yes. That uh, they are basically tendencies along the narrow way before they become identities. And for us tonight, I want us to examine the tendencies because it is very easy for us to imagine that the identities do not dis- define or describe us. So I can say to myself that I don't think I can be regarded as the slothful or the simple-minded or even the presumptuous. Mm. But let us leave the identity for a while and let us look at the tendency. Mm. Now, the problem is before the identity is achieved, it starts as a tendency that permeates every part of of the believer's life. So if you look at simplicity, for example, now, if you are somebody 
who genuinely dislikes studying your Bible. Now, it is a tendency, but give it enough time, you will become a simple-minded Christian. True. Things like, well, I don't have to read it. I, I can listen to it while I'm driving or while I'm cooking. Mm -hmm. Somehow, it, it diverts your energy into that cooking and the driving. And you don't know. Your cognitive energy is more to the cooking and the driving. Yeah. But because it is easier for you to listen than to take your time to read and write something down, you eventually keep reading your Bible that way. And every time somebody is quoting a scripture, say, oh, yeah, I think I had it a few, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Very familiar, but I don't know exactly where it is. Mm -hmm. Before long, the person can take a scripture A, merge it with scripture B, yeah. attach it to scripture C, and then supply something like a revelation to you. And you say, it sounds true. It I, sounds I believe it. Exactly. But if it's somebody that you respect. And because you felt that Bible study is not that serious, you don't have to really study that much. You can just listen. Now, it's not Bible listening. It's Bible study. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you cannot listen. But if you have not convinced yourself that the listening will materialize into studying, then that Bible listening will mm. take you nowhere. It will only guarantee simplicity for you, and it can endanger the Christian life. Let's move on to slothfulness. It's still the same scenario. So you don't really enjoy committing the Bible that you have read into your heart because you are cognitively lazy. I'm not challenging you. I'm talking to myself too. I mean, there are times I'm reading through a book and I just want to quickly rush through and convince myself I've read the book of John. But how many verses in the book of John have I engaged with thoroughly? Yeah. Now, there is a slothfulness coming into that picture. It is not that I'm slothful yet as an identity. But because that tendency exists, it will begin to permeate my Bible study, permeate my prayer life, mm -hmm. permeate my business call, permeate my social responsibility. And before long, truly, I can be regarded as slothful. Let's end with presumption. Presumption is a tendency to, uh, to, to you know, sort of believe, you know, without, without, a, 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 without any premise to assume is to have a premise, but not to sort of uh, have enough premise. Mm. So somebody will say, oh, um, or, or, it's, sorry, is the opposite, is the opposite one. So for example, I get to a place where there are very many black people and it's only white man that is there. Mm. I can believe that if I'm looking for a white man, that single white man that I see there is uh, the is the is the white man so for example i go to a place all are nigerians and there's one person there called uh, mr wood and mm. he's the only white man here and somebody has told me you are going to look for a white man in that place and uh, i get there and i find only one white man mm. i'm going to presume i'm going to presume based on the other premise that i have that that person is uh, mr wood is the white man that i'm looking for now presumption sort of sort of uh, has that tendency to make you feel i have some limited information mm. i have some some facts by which i can go ahead and draw my conclusion and then prematurely you draw your conclusion and you run with it now if that is a tendency that you have you will continue to use that tendency in every facet of your christian life mm. and that 
tendency will eventually lead you into grave danger. And so in the conclusion of that paragraph or towards the end, we see three, three serious, you know, uh, uh, I would like to call it conceptual problems. See three serious fundamental problems mm. that these three people they had. The, the, the writer says that they called the bread of the king. They called it husks. Exactly. That they called the comfort of the pilgrims fancies. And uh, the last one was that they trivialized the travails, mm. the troubles, and they called it uh, uh, something. He says, yes. To no purpose. no purpose. Things to no purpose. That's the point. That's what is going to happen whether you are simple or you are you are slothful or, or you are presumptuous or you are the three you are going to look at the bread and you will call it husks you know sometimes people tell me mm-hmm. that ah, i'm reading the book of leviticus and there's nothing i'm getting from it i, I say ah there's a lot that you can get from the book of leviticus how are you reading it in fact have you not heard of believers who say they skip the book of Chronicles, books, yeah. because they are just names. <laughs> they are just, it's a list of names. They quickly skip them and go to something more interesting. I tell you secretly, that word which was meant to be bread is now being defined by that slothful brother or that slothful sister. You have to be careful. We have to be careful. I have to be careful. Mm-hmm. What about the comfort of the saints? I say somebody is good. I mean, a man told me once, he said, ah, Look at my, I've got this pain, doctor. The pain is so much. And I've gone to the hospital. They've given me something, but the pain is not that relieved. And it still bothers me. What do you think I can do? As I was still thinking of how to counsel that elderly man, he said to me, he said, but uh, doctor, don't worry yourself much. Uh, Very soon, I will change this body. I will change address. Mm. And then this pain shall be no more. Now, that is a comfort for that saint who is going through bodily pain. And then I say to myself, "Uh, uh, why don't you go and look for a, a better medication, sir? Uh, Mama Sorobani, don't, don't, don't say that. that is, what you should be looking for is better medication. Yeah. Which body are you going to change? That means I have trivialized the comfort of the saint and I've called it a uh, mere fancy. Yeah, fancy and finally, exactly. a brother is going through a lot of problems. But because I'm presumptuous, I'm just going to say, uh, don't sit down there and be thinking that God is interested in you sitting in uh, in Odogolu. Yeah. That, okay, heaven will stop because you are suffering somewhere. Heaven helps those who help themselves. Make make effort and get out of that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so God doesn't have more serious things to do with in Palestine and uh, in, in Israel. You'll be sitting there because you cannot pay school fees. Uh, go and borrow money and pay the school fees. God himself understands where we are. Can you imagine? Absolutely. Completely yeah. trivializing the, the, the travel of a saint. Mm. I mean, these are the things I just wanted to draw in our contemporary experience. Thank you. I mean, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for emphasizing that we all need to examine ourselves and and see if we are not giving into these tendencies. There are tendencies you have emphasized and tendencies that will become personalities if they are not checked. And uh, finally, I'll mention that the fate of a simple slot and presumption, the fact that they were hung, uh, should be telling us something. They were hung. I think Don Brian is trying to say exactly what Christina said in that song that 
but there should be a sign, there should be a warning to all who pass by. That's why uh, they are there, hung for everyone to see, everyone to see. So as you pass by, you are warned, and that's what uh, we should be doing tonight as well to be admonished and to uh, let those three characters be a sign to us uh, that they are people we have to run away from, tendencies that we have to overcome to and resist with all the strength that the Holy Spirit uh, gives to us. I pray the Lord will continue to strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's move on. Are you ready? We are still on page 7. Now, you remember the hill difficulty from Pilgrim's Progress Past 1. They are getting there now. Thus they went on, on page 7. Okay. Thus they went on till they came to the foot of the hill difficulty, mm-hmm. where again the good Mr. Greatheart took occasion to tell them what happened there when Christian himself went by. So he led them first to the spring. Look, this is the spring from which Christian drank before he went up this hill. Then it was clear and good, but now it is dirty with the feet of some that do not want pilgrims here to quench their thirst. Ezekiel 34, 18-19 At that, Mercy asked, And why are they so envious then? Mr. Greatheart, but it will do if you take it up, up and pour it into a vessel that is sweet and good. For then the dirt will sink to the bottom and the water will turn out to be more clear. This, therefore, Christiana and her companions were compelled to do. They took up the water and poured it into an earthen pot and so let it stand till the dirt had sunk to the bottom and then they drank it. Okay, and then they drank it. Okay, so just hold on a bit. As we all know, this book is a book of allegories and symbols. And and this is uh, this is a new thing that uh, John Boyan is introducing here. In Pilgrim's Progress Part 1, we celebrated that Christian, before he started climbing the hill difficulty, drank from that spring. He refreshed himself from that spring. And if you recall the wonderful discourse we had at that time, that that spring must necessarily represent the good promises of God, uh, the wonderful assurances of God that he always be with us in our troubles. So before, I mean, he confronted the hill difficulty, a hill that uh, without a doubt we all will confront, as our Lord has said, that in this world uh, you will find tribulation. That will be, be the hill difficulty from time to time. But be of good cheer and overcome the world. So when Christian went to that spring, he must have refreshed himself with the John 16, 33. Be of good cheer. He must have refreshed himself with Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When you pass from with Isaiah, when you pass through the waters... Now, in this case, they have gotten to that place, and Mr. Greatheart admonished them to also refresh themselves before climbing that hill. But lo and behold, at that spring, as we read here, had become muddied. Muddied, it had become dirty. Dirty by what? By the feet of some that do not want the pilgrims here to quench their thirst. So, uh, let's think through this. What lesson do you think, or uh, what point do you think is being made here? How can such a wonderful spring uh, become be made dirty. How can it be made dirty? And who are those that can make it dirty? Or what are the things that can make it dirty? So much so that uh, the pilgrims are not able to immediately latch onto it. Look at what they did there. They had to take 
the water into the, into a bottle, allow it to settle, and then allow the dirt to sink to the bottom, and then the water became clear, and then they drank of it. What's the point being made here? How can uh, that spring, that wonderful spring, made there, created there for the refreshment of pilgrims, how can it be made dirty? And what's the point uh, being made here? Can we all carefully think through that? What's the point being made here? Uh, how can it become dirty? So much so that uh, a pilgrim would be well advised to wait a bit uh, and allow it to settle and to ensure that uh, he or she would not be consuming uh, both the water and the dirt and the dirt in it. Hmm. Because this is indeed a very, very important point. And we should not just keep skip over it. The water being made dirty and people skipping uh, skipping through it. Okay, thank you for, for sending this in. Somebody has said this may represent adversaries, skeptics, and those with ill intentions towards the pilgrims and their spiritual journey. They have metaphorically polluted the spiritual resources, making it difficult for sincere pilgrims to benefit from them. Hmm, thank you very much. And uh, and this uh, yes, and you are you are right on point that uh, those who made the spring dirty, uh, they are the adversaries, the skeptics, and those with ill intentions towards the pilgrims. I mean, those will be the those will be the the agents of Satan in the first place. Who himself is our adversary, right? Like a wounded lion seeking for whom to devour. Uh, there will be people like. Uh, like simple sloth and presumption are uh, those who have been invested with those personalities who have been trying to mislead the pilgrims and uh, people who have polluted the waters and it, it also be hmm, perhaps also uh, false teachers false teachers who have mixed both dirt uh, and other impurities with the water uh, i mean any other contribution there uh, thank you for sending that in uh, that's really helpful that's really helpful. And then, what would it represent for one to try to to let the water settle? To, to go ahead. Sorry, I'm unmuted. Okay. Oh, sorry. I okay. didn't even know I already unmuted. <laughs> yeah, so what the point I want to make is what um, you just read out from what that person said. That okay. There are many false teachers. Mm-hmm. And that also just calls to mind what we have um, talked about earlier. The need for... Have we talked about it? Anyway, the need for us to test all spirits, mm-hmm. then check whatever we are hearing with the word of God, so yes. that we don't we are not misled. You understand? Exactly, exactly. Discernment, discernment. So we are we test the word of God. We just don't take everything. So uh, I, I I even think it is discernment to look at the spring and know that it is dirty. Well, maybe at first look anybody will see that it's dirty, uh, but some may just feel well. If, if this is the spring that everybody has been drinking, you know, I, I come to the foot of ill difficulty and I've been told that pilgrims are to drink from the spring. They just get there, they find it not so pure, and they say to themselves, well, if this is what everybody has been drinking, uh, then well, let me drink of the same. But those who have discernment will know. Uh, that there is no spring made by the Lord for his people that is that will contain any form of impurity. Uh, when a person with discernment looks at the spring like that, he says to himself, there is something wrong with this spring. I'm not going to take it like this. I'm going to take care, take care to distill the impurity uh, and to, to separate the impurity from the water that I'm going to take. And I suppose that looking at the process it took them to do that should be uh, a symbolic of how much care we should take, how much care we should take 
to carefully, carefully dividing the word of truth. That's what Paul wrote to, to Timothy. Carefully dividing. So it, it takes care. It takes a lot of effort and careful, uh, careful meditation, careful, uh, careful understanding of the of the word of God to truly and, and in the world we live in today uh, to separate uh, the wheat from the chaff if we may use that expression and i think that that's what they did there they took their time they took their time they had to go through that process to collect the water into an earthen pot they let it stand still the, the dead had sunk had sunk to the bottom as, and as people always say they say you see you see the dead will always sink to the bottom if you are if you are patient enough to work uh, to work the process so they waited that long before they drank it, they drank it. I mean, I mean, that's a big message to us. Doug, go ahead. God bless you for the word patience, uh, because it, it, that that is a serious matter in the Christian life. So people use the word patient as a virtue of the human life. Mm. See, but the patience that we are talking about here. Is the patience where Jesus says, in patience, possess your souls. Mm, exactly. Now, the, the, that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a serious matter. And I just thought we needed to examine it from a number of ways. Mm-hmm. So, the symbolisms in this place will really help us. First, the water, the fountain, the spring, yeah. was modeled or modded mm. by people who stepped into it. Yeah. And going from the Ezekiel chapter 34 reference, mm. it would appear that uh, primarily the people who muddied the water were those who had drunk from it before. Mm. So while we can say by extension, the enemies of the way could also have done it. Mm. From the Ezekiel context, yeah. the people who actually muddied it were those who had drunk from it. And after they had drunk from it, they muddied it. Now, that is to tell us that primarily the problem here is not one of just deception by the enemy, but one of heresy by members of the house. And it's important that we see that the two will achieve the same aim. So it does not matter whether we are looking at the enemy coming to muddy it or people of the house who have muddied it after drinking. Mm-hmm. Now, every heresy is truth laced with lies. So at the core of every heresy is something that is true, yeah, but it is now surrounded by that which is not true. Mm-hmm. And that is the mudding or that is the contamination, the contamination because exactly. it is actually by nature good. But because additions have come into it, we now say that it is contaminated. I go over that again. Mm. When you say that something is gold, but that something else is in it as an impurity, what defines that thing is not the impurity, but the gold that it is. So this thing is actually a spring, but the mud has come into it. So it is not mud that has water. It is water that has has more. And it is important because whether the pilgrim likes it or not, without drinking of that water, it will be difficult to climb the hill difficulty. Mm. So the question will now be, how do we safely drink of this water so that we do not die at the foot of the hill? Mm. 
and we see very good example here in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16 says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. Very serious issues here. Mm. That for the pilgrim who will be able to drink this water safely, the first matter is you must stand. You must, you must be willing to wait. You must be willing to drop all speed and take your time to stand. Now, what will happen when you stand is that you will see. And when you see, the next point is you will now begin to ask. You ask for the old paths where the good way is exactly. and walk in it. What is the old path? The old path here is Jesus, the very source of the, of the, of the spring. What am I saying? Mm. Somebody teaches you heresy. You are not likely to find out the heresy until you place that heresy side by side with Jesus. Mm. And that takes a time. It takes a standing. It takes a standing. And then we see here that it says they should pour the water into an earthen pot. Yeah. And one scripture that tells us about pots that I would just like to refer to briefly is John chapter 2. In John chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 6, um, from verse 5, which is the most important, it was not about the pot. It was what you must do with the pot. Verse 5 says, his mother said to the servants, whatever it says to you, do it. Do it. Now there was there, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Mm. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. You know, there are many Christians today who die at the foot of the hill difficulty because they abstain from drinking that water. They will say, oh, this water is too muddy. I would rather yeah. be starving. I will not go to church again. Yeah. I will not listen to Christians again. Yeah. I will just believe God in my own way. And they, go, they get lost. Mm. And he says, no, drink this water to the fullest, but not directly. Put it inside the water pot. Yeah. And that water pot is the water pot of the instruction of the life of Jesus. Not the instruction of what people tell you. Mm -hmm. The instruction of the life of Jesus. Somebody told me, he said, the shortest way to know whether a, 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 a stick is crooked or bent is to put it beside a straight one. Okay. Once you put it beside a straight one, yeah, you, all the contours in that tree, will just, <laughs> in that stick, will show. Exactly. So the final point I want to make is that for us as believers, we must stand in patience to examine what we are hearing or learning mm -hmm. with the life of Christ. The life of Christ. And that one is evident before us. You go to a church and they say that there's nothing wrong in divorcing one wife and marrying another one. Why mm -hmm. the other one is alive? Go to the Bible and hear what Jesus said directly. Mm -hmm. Don't don't put any theology into it. Just see it there. He says if you if you if you divorce and you go and marry, you commit adultery. Mm -hmm. And so what is difficult in that one? Then they tell you that uh, if you sin, if you like, and go your way, God will never do anything to you. You will just uh, lose your reward here on earth but your soul will be saved. And Jesus was talking about virgins mm. who were all virgins, but five of them were foolish and they were cast out. Mm. Maybe you now begin to take it seriously and say, ah, if they were all virgins, then maybe a person can lose his place if mm -hmm. he's unprepared. Mm -hmm. Then you begin to prepare yourself and things like that. Yeah. I believe it helps us to be able to stay on the straight and narrow and drink this muddied water through the earthen pot of divine instruction. Mm. Thank you.
Yeah, yeah. Thank you so very much. Thank you so, so, so very much. And continuing on on that theme, your the theme you mentioned of RSC being built on truth. That this is what I have here, and I'm going to read it out. It says, uh, "Heretical beliefs often incorporate elements of truth or genuine principles, but they distort or misinterpret them." This idea. Uh, aligns with the understanding that effective falsehoods often have some connection to reality, making them more persuasive and insidious. This is correct. It's absolutely correct. Uh, the reason why heresies become persuasive and insidious, and, and I love the word here, the insidious, meaning that it does harm gradually. Uh, it, it appears harmless, but it does evil. It leads to death, actually. Uh, that's what heresy uh, can do to, uh, to the life of a Christian, uh, because it it is built actually around the truth, not on the truth, but around the truth. It has truth in it. So the person who is not discerning, who is not patient enough, as I can emphasize, you know, to distill uh, the dead from the uh, from the water, who is not even granted in the scripture to be able to discern, uh, would then find himself uh, led astray. I mean, and then we should also apply this to ourselves if we if we pursue that Ezekiel thirty four eighteen to nineteen reference that those of us who are drinking from the spring who are being refreshed should we not take care that we are not making the, the water dirty for those who are coming behind us. And I think this also has to do with how we live our lives as Christians, that those who come after us, they do not look to our examples and uh, become discouraged or even become confused about about the gospel message. Thank you also very much uh, for participating on this. Okay, let's move on. Uh, now we are going to talk about the the two parts you know, around the hill. If you remember from Pilgrim's Progress Part 1, uh, there was a path that led up the hill difficulty. It has to, it, that path should be climbed, uh, and then there were other paths around that hill. And if you recall, the two gentlemen who took uh, who took that who took those two other paths, but we're going to come across them now. Okay, so let's go on. We're on page page 7. This, therefore, Christian and her companions were compelled to do. Okay. This, therefore, Christiana and her companions were compelled to do. They took up the water and poured it into an earthen pot and so let it stand till the dead had sunk to the bottom and they drank and then they drank it. Next, he showed them the two byways that were at the foot of the hill, where formality and hypocrisy lost themselves. Yes. Should I go on? Yes, please. Okay, Mr. Greatheart. And these are dangerous parts. Two were here cast away when Christian came by. And although, as you see, these ways have since been stopped up with chains, posts, and a ditch. Yet there are those that choose to adventure here rather than take the pains of going up this hill. Christiana. The way of transgressors is hard. Proverbs 13.15 It is a wonder that they can still get into these ways without the risk of breaking their necks. Mr. Greatheart. They will so venture. Yet, if at any time any of the king's servants happen to see them and call to them and tell them that they are in the wrong way and bid them beware of the danger 
Then they mockingly return an answer and say, As for the words that you have spoken to us in the name of the king, we will not listen to you, but we will certainly do whatever thing proceeds from our own mouth. Jeremiah 44, 16-17 Indeed, if you look a little further, you can see that these ways are made cautionary enough, not only by these posts and ditch and chains, but also by being hedged up. Yet, they choose to go there. Christiana, they are idle. They have no love of hard work, for the uphill way is unpleasant to them. So is fulfilled in them what is written. The way of the slothful man is full of thorns. Proverbs 15:19. Yes, they would rather choose to walk into a snare than go up this hill and the rest of the way to the city. Then they went forward and began to go up the hill. And up the hill they went. But before they got to the top, Christiana began to pant and said, I dare say this is a breath. This is a breathing hill. No marvel if those that love their ease more than their souls choose for themselves an easier way. Mercy, I must sit down. Also, the smallest of the children have begun to cry. Mr. Greatheart, come, come, and don't sit down here, for a little way above is the prince's above. Then he took the little boy by the hand, and led him up towards it. When they got to the arbor, they were very willing to sit down, for they were all extremely hot. Mercy. How sweet is rest to them that labor. Matthew eleven twenty eight. And how good is the prince of pilgrims to provide such resting places for them. Of this arbor I have heard much, but I never saw it before. But here let us beware of sleeping, for as I heard, it cost poor Christian dear. Then said Mr. Greatheart to the little ones, Come, my pretty boys, how are you doing? What do you now think of going on pilgrimage? James. Sir, said James, the youngest, I was almost out of heartbeat, but I thank you for lending me a hand in my need. And I remember now what my mother told me, namely, that the way to heaven is like a ladder, and the way to hell is like going downhill. But I had rather go up the ladder to life than down the hill to death. Mercy. But the proverb is, to go down the hill is easy. James, the day is coming when, in my opinion, Going down the hill will be the hardest of all. Mr. Greatheart, that's a good boy. You have given her the right answer. Then Mercy smiled, but the little boy blushed. Christiana, come, will you eat a bit to sweeten your mouth while you sit here to rest your legs? For I have here a piece of pomegranate which Mr. Interpreter put into my hand just as I came out of his door. He also gave me a piece of honeycomb and a little bottle of spirits. Mercy. I thought he gave you something, 
because he called you aside. Mr. Greatheart, yes, so he did, Christiana, but it shall be as I said it should. When at first we came from home, you shall be a sharer in all the good things that I have because you so willingly gave, became my companion. Then she gave them out to them and they ate, both Mercy and the boys. Christiana, sir, will you do as we? Mr. Greatheart, you are going on a pilgrimage and presently I shall return. Much good may it do you. At home, I eat the same thing every day. Hmm. Interesting indeed. Interesting indeed. Symbols, symbolisms. Let's try by the power of the Holy Spirit to unearth all the treasures in what we have just read. Uh, can we start from looking at James? James, the youngest of Christiana's boys, and the two two statements that he made here. What, what can we make of those profound statements? Uh, look at page 9. Uh, James said, ah, I was almost out of heartbeat, but I thank you, talking to Mr. Greatheart, for lending me a hand in my need. And then he said, I remember now what my mother told me, namely that the way to heaven is like a ladder. The way to heaven is like a ladder. Uh, what can we... Uh, what, what can we... Uh, Saved from that, uh, from that, uh, from that simile, like a ladder, like a ladder, like a ladder. The way to heaven is like a ladder, and the way to hell is like going downhill. I mean, who wants to talk about that? How is the way to heaven like a ladder? In what uh, many different ways would the way to heaven be like a ladder? And the way to hell is like going downhill. So, I mean, that was the youngest of the boys describing his experience while climbing hill difficulty. And you see, in this second part of the book, the hill difficulty is made to look uh, not as difficult. Remember that in Breaking Forget Part 1, the difficulty was actually uh, described in details. In detail, now we find them because they have the help of Mr. Greatheart with them to, to encourage them. They climbed, I think they had it easier, but they said they panted. They almost actually gave up, but they had Mr. Great out with them. Uh, Tutu, go ahead. Yeah, the song that comes to uh, my mind, mm. um, we look at that description of the way to heaven being like a ladder. Mm. Is uh, the song which says it's not an easy road. Yeah. We're traveling to it. And True. to me, that just describes it. Exactly. It's not an easy road. We are traveling to heaven, and there are many dangers on the way. Yes, yeah, it's a difficult. It's like a ladder. Climbing a ladder is not always easy. It's not always easy. So, so, so that's absolutely correct because it takes effort. It takes effort. Uh, definitely much more effort than than going downhill. And there's something that James also said about going down. He said the day is coming when, in my own opinion, going downhill will be the hardest of all. Yes, climbing uh, would ordinarily task us more than going downhill but james said the day is coming when going downhill will be the hardest of all what day do you think uh, james was referring to when he said the day is coming when in my opinion going downhill will be the hardest of all and uh, in what other ways do you think the way to heaven is like a ladder it's like a ladder hmm. i mean for a ladder do, do we not Take hold of one wrong after the other. Okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I was going to say. That the ladder, you know, 
step by step, step exactly. by step. And though when you start, you 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 have strength. You are going up with so much energy. Mm. But you, when you get to some of the step, um, as you go higher, it becomes tougher. Exactly. You understand? Yeah. So at uh, at that point, it now needs you now need a self will. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you need to be intentional. Yeah. You need to be determined. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, to get up to the you know top of the ladder, you don't want to go back. Yeah. Because exactly. going back will now be will will be like how will I put it? Uh, a labor in vain. Labor in vain. Yeah, exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. So rather than go back, you want to push to the very top of the ladder. Exactly. Rather go back, you want to to push better because uh, you, you must be you you must admonish yourself saying I haven't climbed this I haven't made all these gains. Would it make uh would it would it be wise for me uh to then trade all back uh to trade all the way and go down downhill although it may appear easy to just give up and not uh, and not continue the ascent any any longer. And of course, if you look at the picture of a ladder as well, you know you you lay out of one wrong you push yourself up it takes effort but then you study yourself right you take pains to first study yourself on one wrong before laying out of another and then you study yourself again and lay out of the next one and i I think that should again remind us of the theme of patience that we discussed earlier on Uh, even the patience required to uh to distill to distill, uh, to distill impurities from the spring. That same patience the Christian must apply when climbing the ladder. So you can just think of a ladder. All the things you have to do to to make sure that uh, you successfully climb. You want to place the ladder properly. You want to ensure that the ladder is stand is 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 standing on even ground, on firm ground. You know, so and remember what our Lord said about about the foundation, the need for the foundation to be strong, uh, so that uh, when you build on that foundation, when the winds come and the and the waves, they will not uh, they will not destroy that house. So you want to make sure the ladder is standing on even ground. Uh, you want to ensure that it is firmly placed. You want to actually ensure that the ladder is leading up to the right place, so that uh, you are not just climbing to somewhere uh, that is not your destination. Firm ground, firm foundation, uh, directed uh, to the right uh, destination, and then the energy, you summon the energy to climb it. If you are weak, if you have not eaten, you want to refresh yourself like the pilgrims did at the spring, and be sure that you have the energy to do the climb. And then when you begin to climb, you want to take it one step at a time, precept upon precept, you want to take it one step at a time. You want to have the patience, you want to allow patience to have its way in you, and sometimes... You climb on one level and you find that you need to uh, steady yourself properly. You make sure you steady yourself properly uh, before you uh, you make for the next wrong. And then you go on and on like that. I think looking at this metaphor, there are just so many things uh, we can distill from it. And I pray that uh, these things will become clearer to us. If you want to make any contribution, please uh, feel free to, to, to do so. The day is coming when going downhill will be the hardest of all. When would that be? What kind of day would that be? When going downhill would be the hardest of all. We we have all agreed that uh, climbing uphill is a difficult task. How how can going downhill be the hardest of all? Go ahead. Okay. I thought you. you I was thinking that maybe he was. I think he's referring to the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. 
Could it be? Yeah, it could so be as well. You when when <laughs> when judgment is passed, then you would um you go, go the person will be like L. not you know. Exactly. You'll be full of regret that had I known exactly. I would have just taken the pains to go up the ladder. Exactly. The pain instead the, of going down the hill. Mm-hmm. The discipline, the discipline of going down I mean, uh the day that all the consequences will crystallize and that will be when the uh when the unbeliever, when the person who has refused to, to persevere, uh then is robbed of his crown and is thrown into hell, then that will be going downhill and that will be the most difficult downhill climb ever ever i mean such profound and uh, perceptive things from james the youngest of uh, the youngest of christiana's of christiana's boys and you know saying those things and i do pray uh, that this metaphor of the ladder will stay with us and we love our ladder firmly placed on even ground we will ensure that the ladder is is leading to the destination leading to jesus christ connecting us with the father and we have the patience to climb it we will prepare ourselves mentally, spiritually for the task of climbing, for the task of climbing. We will always refresh ourselves, refresh ourselves with, with the spring from the water, uh, with the water from that spring. And I even think here, thinking about uh, the fact that in this case, Christiana and Mercy, they put the water in an earthen jar, Maybe, and I suppose they carried it with them. I mean, that's something different from what Christian did as well. Christian merely refreshed himself at the foot of the hill and then began to climb. In this case, they put it in a jar. How they took that jar with them uh, because it would be necessary for them to uh, to refresh themselves as they as they went along. And of course, can we also recall here how they started panting and how did uh, Mr. Greatheart how did he encourage them when they began to pant when they were climbing this hill? Uh, on page 8, if you look at page 8, okay, is that page 8? Yeah. On page 8, then the Christiana began to pant and said, I dare say this is a breathing hill. No marvel if those that love their ease more than their souls choose for themselves an easier way. And I mean, this we cannot emphasize, uh, we cannot overemphasize uh, the reality that the Christian way is not an easy way. Thank you Itutu, for bringing up that that hymn. It is not an easy way in Yoruba. The older Yorubas will say that uh, that Oleo I mean that. I mean, if you just if you just love your ease, uh, as Christiana put it here, you can't be a Christian because if you want a life of ease, uh, you are not invited to a life of ease. And our Lord did not did not sugarcoat it. He did not sugarcoat it to tell us that it's going to be a life of ease. I mean, we can compare that with many of the gospel, uh, with many of the messages we, we hear today, not gospel, but with many of the messages we hear today that seem to suggest that it's just a life of ease. It's actually a life of discipline, a life of discipline. Uh, Luke, we are, we are soon going to begin Luke, December 2023, by the grace of God. And I was looking through some of the uh, chapters, and I came to chapter 9, where our Lord emphasized that, look, if the person who wants to follow me uh, must count the cost, must take up his cross daily and follow and follow. So it is not it's not an easy way at all. And then uh, please who wants to comment on this? What Mercy said on page nine, saying, How sweet is rest to them that labor. How sweet is rest to them that labor. Because the ill difficulty is not I will not always be there. Uh, there it is uh, a hill that we come across occasionally from time to time 
yes, it's not an easy road, but it is not the case that the road is always uneasy. Sometimes God brings us into into that garden, brings us into uh, that uh, that flourishing place, and there is ease all around. There is ease all around, and I do pray that if anyone has been, even any one of us has been climbing the hill, difficulty uh, for a while, the Lord will grant refreshment, uh, as the psalmist testified in Psalm 23, and that person will experience that refreshing of the soul, refreshing of the soul that the Lord brings about for his people from time, from time to time, from time to time. But the assurance we have is from that hymn, the Savior is always, always with us, always with us, even when we climb the ill difficulty. Okay, uh, any other observation here on the ill difficulty, on the observation by James, the youngest of the boys, and on the advice that Mr. Greater gave to them, and on that switch that that Christina shared with Mercy. And this is Christina keeping her, keeping her word. Remember Christina when she was persuading Mercy to go with her? She had said at the beginning that, look, don't worry. Uh, whatever uh, blessing that I have, I'm going, to, I'm going to share with you. Whatever I have, I'm going to share with you. And when they became tired and got to that arbor, uh, Christina immediately brought out the pomegranate and readily, readily shared with Mercy. Uh, any other observation, any other uh, insightful thing from this? What's your takeaway from the study tonight? What's your takeaway from this yeah. study? Yeah, brother Femi. Yeah, please. I just wanted to comment briefly on uh, the sweetening, uh, sweetening of the mouth. Okay, good. And I, I thought it was important to explore some of the symbolisms here. Mm-hmm. Three things. The pomegranates the piece of honeycomb and a little bottle of spirits. So if we start with the pomegranate, we see in scriptures that one of the earliest times that the pomegranate as a fruit was mentioned was in Numbers chapter 13 when Mm -hmm. the spies went into the land of Canaan and brought back proof that the land was fruitful. Yeah. They brought back figs. They brought back grapes. But I want to stick to pomegranates now. Mm. So here, what Christiana effectively was sharing with Mercy to refresh her on the journey was the fruits of faith. You know, saying that faith is the substance of mm-hmm. things hoped for. Mm-hmm. That look, Mercy, we are going to the place, but we already have it in our hands. The proof of this journey that we are taking is here now. It's not a proof we will see later. It's here now because we have received it by faith. Yes. A pomegranate is a promise which if a man will hold on to, he will enter into rest truly. Mm. The pomegranate is the comfort of the truth of God where the Bible says, let all men be liars, but let God alone be true. Yes. That even when we are unfaithful, he cannot deny himself because he is faithful. That is the pomegranate. But another meaning of the pomegranate can be gleaned from Exodus 39. When you look at the priestly garments, at the hem of the priestly garments, you see that the design is a pomegranate, a bell, a golden bell, a pomegranate, a golden bell, a pomegranate. Meaning that the pomegranate is part of divine service and the office of priesthood. What Christiana was sharing here, was the office of service 
-hmm. and the office of priesthood. And the one I want to focus on is the service of prayer. Yeah. That the two of them were sharing prayer here. That the two of them were sharing the comfort, the power in the place of prayer, of 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 in, uh, intercession, of 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 uh, you know supplication, of uh, of thanksgiving, every kind of prayer, all manner of prayer. This is what the pomegranate could stand for. Of course, it could also stand for the fact that Christians serve one another because the garment of the priest is a garment of service. service. Yeah. And finally, we look, I mean, we, the next one is the honeycomb. And we see that in, in Psalm 19, mm. talking about how much we desire the word of God. He says it is to be desired more than honey mm. and the honeycomb. So we have seen that they are sharing prayer. We are seeing that they are sharing the word of God. We are seeing that they are sharing the promises that sustain us on the journey. That we have the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of That's the things we have not yet seen. And finally, we have a little bottle of spirits. Now, a little bottle of spirits here can signify the intoxication with the wine of the spirit. The Bible says, be not intoxicated with wine but with the spirit. Mm -hmm. And what that does is what we see in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. This spirit of the living God will help our infirmity so that as we go along the way, we will not be weak merely because we are weak, but we will be strong even to the extent of our weakness. The Bible says, he helpeth our infirmities, that his strength may be made perfect in our weakness let me conclude this way number one that as we go on in this journey let us share prayers with one another mm -hmm. as we go on in this journey let it be our fervent conversation to discuss the evidence of things not seen the substance of the things we already hope for as we go in this journey let us be men and women who share the word of god as our great desire beyond anything else with one another and finally if we will be intoxicated not with the sea of troubles and the agitations of our wants mm -hmm. let us be intoxicated with the power of the holy spirit may the lord help us here amen amen, amen and amen may the lord help us indeed and that puts into context how mr greatheart responded when he was requested to to partake of of that food he said at home i eat the same thing every day and we find that, that is the ministry of the holy spirit in our lives really the ministry of the holy spirit is find that even those ministering angels those, those ministering spirits that's what they do that's what they do and they feed us uh, with, with with the word of god they feed us with with the, with the abundance of the holy spirit and that's what we are called to do that's what he does he eats every day that's what we should be eating every day as well that's what we, that, that's what should be our meal so if somebody wants to describe the christian's uh, perfect diet that will be it that will be it. that will be the christian's perfect balanced diet thank you also very much for joining us tonight uh, god bless you good this is a beautiful class again and we thank god for the treasures in god's word that we have uh, we have been blessed with this evening uh, we hope to see you all again next saturday we're going to chapter eight and uh, i mean we can be sure that uh, even uh, greater glory awaits us as we dwell on his word he will, will valiant be against all disaster let him in constancy follow the 
the master. After this, we are going to invite uh, Sister Bimadishna to lead us in prayer. I hope you will still be there. So please get set. give us grace to keep our resolve to be pilgrims. Amen. Amen. Um, Grandma, show me if you are available, please say the closing prayer. Okay. I'm not sure she's available. Okay. No, she's not. Wiga, uh, could you please say the closing prayer? Our dear Father, we thank you very much for our study tonight. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you for the depth of revelation that you have given us into your word. Thank you, Lord. Through the pages of the book, Christiana. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the things that we have learned as warnings. Thank you for the things we have learned as wisdom for the journey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the things we have received as hope for the future that lies ahead of us. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for the inspiration we have received to help us to continue to soldier on as we climb this ladder to heaven. Father, take all the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, this is our prayer that we will be men and women who are fervent in our study of you mm. and who are fervent in our study of your word who are patient that we may possess our souls. 
that when we stand in the way, we will be able to ask for the ancient path and walk in it. Mm -hmm. When we hear things that uh, that threaten to derail us, we will not rush at any truth, but we'll be willing to test all spirits mm -hmm. and we will bring all modded waters into the earthen pots of divine instruction that we may follow after Christ and live only like him. Father, we pray for brethren who by their own very lives have led us others astray because they went astray. In your mercy and grace, wherever they may be, may you draw them back to yourself. Amen. And they may come back to this ancient path and they will find rest for their souls too. Or when your children got to that uh, arbor of the prince, they were able to find that truly there is rest that is sweet for mm -hmm. the liberal. Lord, may we not be slothful Amen. so that when we come to the place of rest, we, that we shall take our rest with joy and in the fullness of the comfort that you give. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray that as we go on in the journey, make us companions who will be filled with Bible study, Amen. filled with prayers, Amen. filled with the desire to be full of the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Amen. When we shall meet again next week, let it be that we shall be blessed evermore. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for the platform upon which we are having this study. We pray thank for your Lord. servant that you have used to initiate it. We ask that you will grow from grace to grace, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Amen. And your power will rest upon him at the platform that you have given unto him. Amen. For each one of us that have come together into this study, we ask, O oh God, that you will grant us grace to continue to grow in grace Amen. and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Amen. Christ. Unto be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and evermore. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you also very much. God bless you. Good. Have a fantastic week. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Jesus would I know more of his grace to others show more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more more about Jesus more more about Jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more about Jesus let me learn more of his holy will discern Spirit of God, my teacher be Showing the things of Christ to me More, more about Jesus More, more about Jesus More of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more about jesus on his throne reaches in glory all his own more of his kingdom sure increase more of his coming praise of peace 
says more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving fullness more of his love 